The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him who understood God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Get that in your spirit. We're talking about faith. We're talking about uh, how God is going to move in our midst. We're talking about infinite possibilities. I mean, this is such an important thing. Even what Pastor Kenny was talking about, the move of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have faith, you're, you're in trouble. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's no way to really walk in that faith that we're talking about. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. I want to take you to Mark 11. I want you to get that scripture in your spirit and don't lose it. Mark 11, 22 through 26. Mark 11, 22 through 26 in the King James Version. And Jesus answering said unto them, what did Jesus say? It's not on the screens yet. Have faith in God. What did he say? Do you think Jesus was mincing his words there? No, he meant what he said. You have to have faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's something that's it's important. Now, I never let anybody throw at me, you don't have enough faith. I don't allow that. But I know internally that I have to have faith to get my prayers answered. I have to have it. So Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and mountain, obviously he was looking at a mountain, but it also represents uh, circumstances, problems that are insurmountable. Okay, so get that in your mind. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not, and shall not, shall not (coughs) doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he might have them. He shall what? He shall have it. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Why are you going to pray if you don't believe you're going to receive? And ye shall have them. Now here's the important part. This is a twofold message here. And when you stand praying this great, magnanimous, faith-filled prayer, watch this, because this is why a lot of our prayers are not being answered. And when you pray, stand praying, forgive. Say that word. It'll come out of your mouth easy. Forgive. If you have an ought against any. Notice that, Pat. It said against. What's that word? Any. Well, God didn't mean, though, uh, you know, it didn't mean Pastor Kenny. I, I've still got an ought with him. He understands. He gives me a bye on that one. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Grove over there, he, he, he's hurt me. So I'm, he's going to give me a bye on that one. No, let me just go on record. God gives you no bye. If you have an ought, you forgive it. Let him deal with that person. I've said it before too many times. I've wanted to deal with it myself. Even this week, some things I wanted to reach out because so many people I've helped in my life. And I'm telling you, I've helped them. Only the people that are very close to me know that I have done it. And I've never backed off. I'm like my daddy that way. I helped people. And, but when it came time for my help, nobody wanted to help me. How many people have felt that in their life before? It's a fact. 
but you can't get angry, and I almost did this week. I thought, man, I'm going to blast a few things. And God says, really? Really? You want your prayers answered? Yes, sir. Then you forgive. Forget it. Let it go. When you stand praying, forgive if you have all against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, Valerie, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. They said the only sin you cannot be forgiven of is blasphemy with the Holy Spirit. But it's not the only one. Unforgiveness is the second one. Now, what I want to say here, first you understand that faith is paramount. We understand that, correct? And secondly, we find in these verses, and I I want to bring this out, the lack of faith can be devastating. And in the middle of the night last night, I woke up around 3 and I started praying for several people. And then the Lord started dealing with me about this, this statement. Because we read in, in the scriptures that if you say to this mountain, if you have faith, you can speak to your mountain and it shall be moved. We used to say a thing, say to your mountain, say to your mountain, say to your mountain, say to your mountain, move. And the Lord instructed me last night, he said the same mountain that faith will move, understanding that it can be an insurmountable problem, the same faith that will move that mountain It's the same mountain that will move you without faith. See how simple that is? But that's so profound. If you don't have faith, you're not going to move that mountain. But know this, that's not where it ends. That mountain, Floyd, will move you. It'll mark you right off your socks, rock you right off your platform. It's vital that you understand what faith is. Faith is knowing that God is here when you can't even see him. Faith is knowing God is here when I, Mike, Pastor Mike, I can't feel him. It's when I pray and I don't hear him speaking back to me or, or I don't feel that, that, that tingle, Courtney, you know what I mean? That spiritual feeling you get. Faith is knowing that God is standing with me when everybody else has dismissed me. When everybody has turned their back on me. When I've done all everything I can to help so many people and they, nobody has responded, God says, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to respond. I'm going to bring a blessing. I'm going to help you. Let me tell you, there's no help like God's help. Can I say that again? There's no help like God's help. So let me say it again. The same mountain that faith will move is the same mountain that will move you if you don't move in faith. This is vital. This is vital. So in Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 26, I'll give you a moment to find that. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 26 through 29 in the King James Version. It's important to understand the words of Jesus. To understand the power of faith and what you sow. In Mark 4, 26 through 29, and he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now you have to understand what the seed is. The seed is the word. There's no way around that. That's why the devil can't handle you speaking the word. You plant seed that chokes him out. He just can't handle the word. It's the word when you get in the middle of the night and say, in the name of Jesus. 
That which you said would come to pass will come to pass. And by your stripes I am made whole. I will not fail. I will not go under, but I will go over. I am more than a conqueror, and I will be triumphant because you shed your blood for me. And you start stating those things, and all of a sudden your body starts to respond. You keep claiming that healing in yourself, and we may not see you may not see it the way you want to see it, but make no mistake, God has done the job. Anytime I pray for somebody, I pray for success, never for failure. Glenn Keller's sitting there today. I've mentioned him so many times in his service. He had a basketball-sized tumor in his stomach, and God took it away. You can say, well, that's just coincidence. No, it wasn't coincidence. It was God. Faith. My daddy was a man of faith. My Lord have mercy. I never heard him say a bad word about anybody. And that's the truth. Here I am, an old man now. But I can tell you all the years I lived with that man, I never heard him say a bad word about anybody. Never. And if he got angry, he went to prayer. And boy, when he went to prayer, things began to happen. It's like Brother Kenny said. He said, you know, God loves that old man. Matter of fact, somebody said one day they got mad at my daddy. You remember this, Pastor Kenny? They're going to break his legs. And now why they want to break my daddy's legs, I don't know. Now, number one, his tre- legs were like tree trunks. But I want to ask you something, Pastor Kenny. How did that w- go, go for that person? Didn't go well, did it? Why? Because God honors his word and his people. I don't know why I brought that up, but that's just something hit me all of a sudden. You have to be real careful when somebody is filled with faith that you don't get, you don't, overload yourself going after them be very careful with that I'm trying to be your friend today I'm not trying to preach at you I'm just trying to talk to you and he said so the kingdom of God is this a man will cast seed into the ground out there casting seed which is the word and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring forth and grow up he knoweth not how when you speak the word of God you don't know how it's going to work it just works if I plant a watermelon seed, I don't go out there and I don't analyze the watermelon seed. I don't be like some of these theologians that want to describe every little thing that happens because you know what? They don't know either. I'm going to preach Christ and Him crucified, and I'm going to speak the, about the faith of Christ, and I'm going to forget all those other things that are meaningless. And the one thing that bothers me is when somebody gets up and says, you better, you better get your life right because... Jesus is coming back any minute. He's going to take everybody away, and you're going to be left here, and it's going to be hell on earth. My statement is, you know what? I'm not going to worry so much about when he comes back. I'm going to worry about today. And the Lord instructed me. He said, can you not lift my, this is in the middle of the night. He said, I want my people lifted up. I want my people helped. I want my people healed. You don't have to keep ramming down their throat that, that they're going to be tormented. They're going to be destroyed. I'm totally against that now because the Holy Spirit spoke to me last night. And I know and understand that God loves you. Say that back to me. God loves me. He loves you enough that he wants you to make it. He wants you to have faith in him, not faith in the fact that torment is coming. Can I say that again? He wants you to have faith in him, not faith in the fact that torment is coming. Well, I know hell's coming. Well, if you know hell's coming, heaven's already preceded it. It's already here. Heaven's here. I'm tired of that. Faith, 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 faith. 
And the only way I can get people in church is to scare them to death. It don't work anymore. Right, Carlos? It just don't work. But I can love you. I don't know where I'm going today, but it's fun getting there. I mean, I don't know how the seed works, and I should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring forth and grow up, and I don't know how. For the earth brings forth fruit, verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. The earth itself brings forth fruit. First the blade, it starts off small, then the ear, and after that the full corn of the ear. It goes fully grown. It takes a process. We'll talk about that later. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately the fruit is there. He puts the sickle in because the harvest is come. And I want you to hear this today. Our faith is packaged in words. Say that back to me. What you say matters. Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. And most people say, oh, no, Christian, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, you made, you made a mistake there. But you're making a mistake. You don't understand the importance of what I just said. Because you'll say, no, God is the most important thing in the universe. And I'm going to tell you, God is not a thing. He is a spirit. The most important thing is the word. And God's above everything. So I don't want to delete the fact that words are very powerful. Because those words that you speak set a foundation Set a foundation, the cornerstone of your life. When we really get mature in this thought about, the, about faith, you'll start to understand that God has made a lot of promises to us in his word. Has he not? Has he or hasn't he? Sister Helen's sitting back there. She knows I'm telling the truth. The promises of God are yea and amen, and they're for us. But we also must grasp the fact that our words can deceive us. Why? Because the words, when we speak certain types of words, they deceive us because the words transmit. It transmits something. It's more than you just hearing a noise in your ear. It's transmitting something. I'm going to show you in a minute. So take hold of this. Words transmit, and words can either transmit faith, or they can transmit fear, doubt, or unbelief. That's why I'm saying you have to be careful, Jimmy. When people are ministering, all they do is minister about that hell's coming. That's all I'm transmitting. I don't want to go to somebody that constantly tell me how bad I am. I want somebody to meet me and say, you know what? I don't care what's going on in your life. It's going to be better tomorrow. I'd much rather do that. I'd rather err on the side of forgiveness and mercy than on judgment. And some of my young preachers need to understand they think that, they're, that, that this is the message. I started preaching that back when I was 19 years old. And you know where it got me, Val? Nowhere. Because nobody really wanted to be told they were going to hell. They want to know that through Jesus Christ, they can live e the eternal life and the abundant life. Is that what you want to hear? That's what I want to hear. I don't want to listen to a preacher tell me how... how Nothing's going to work in my life. Faith changes things. Faith, words filled with faith. And that's what I want. I don't want to transmit doubt. Randy, you better be careful, son. You better be careful. You might not make it. 
What did I just transmit? Did I not? I just transmitted it. I don't know what you're thinking, but you better think straight. Because you know what? You might fall off the wagon. What did I just do? It's just fear. I'm taking this time to let you know that words are so powerful. So powerful. So they transmit either faith, good things, or doubt. So we make no mistake when we talk about words. We're talking about something that is very powerful. In Genesis 1, verse 1 through 4, go with me there. Are y'all tired yet? Genesis 1, 1 through 4 in the King James. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... Are you staying with me now? Did God wave his hand? Did God shake his hips? And God said, let there be light. And there was. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now I want you to look very carefully at verse 2. We find the water was there. The darkness was there. And the Spirit of God was there. But I want you to notice Nothing happens until God speaks. Nothing happens until something is spoken. Now remember, he's there and nothing happens. We can be sitting here in church and God's spirit be everywhere in here. And nothing's going to happen until we start speaking the word. We start speaking in faith. Let me tell you, then it begins to happen. Because God honors his word above his name. It wasn't just his presence. Get this in your heart. It, but it's in his words. That's why in your house, if you're standing around, you say, oh, my God, I just want to feel you. Well, that's cool. But I want to know his words working in me. God said that there be light, and there was light, and God spoke it into existence. And you say, wait a minute. I'm not, you're not God, Bishop. You take a lot on yourself. You're not God. Well, I know I'm not God. But I am in his likeness and his image. And if I'm in his likeness and his image, then when I speak his word, it, those words, Pat, are coming home. It means that whatsoever I say, it shall come to pass. Because I'll never speak anything outside the will of God. If you pray something negative to happen to somebody, you're praying something out of the will of God. Are you with me now? You have to pray in the will of God. I'm created. You Say, I'm created in the likeness and image of God. In the church world, we have minimized the effectiveness of words. We have minimized it. And I can understand why people say that. But there's nothing further from the truth. Words can change the course of history. You listen to some of the great speeches that changed history from some of the great greats, Abraham Lincoln or Winston Churchill, or on and on and on, when, or Martin Luther King Jr. When they spoke, it changed history. And the words that I'm speaking is more powerful than that. 
Much more powerful than that. So what are you trying to say, Bishop? In the process of the law of faith, because remember we talked about it, it is a law. You have to understand that the power of words is involved in that. Words can destroy, words can deceive, and words can lead astray. But also words can build and lift up and heal. They can deliver or be very destructive words. Write this down. I'm, I won't be much longer. Proverbs 11 verse 3. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. But the perverseness of transgressors shall, be, shall destroy them. Remember that scripture. Proverbs 15 verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 15 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 19 verse 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. When the Word of God talks about perverseness or perverse lips, it comes from the Hebrew word of ikashi. Ikashi. What does it mean? It's talking about a crooked, distorted, contrary speech, a false statement. The book of Proverbs has a lot more to say in reference to all this. And most Christians don't understand what God means when he talks about perverseness of lips. It is simply means speaking things that are contrary to what you actually believe are those things that are actually true. In other words, if I say, do you believe you can be healed? And you say yes, but in your heart, your heart is saying, nah, it's perverseness of lips. You're going to live a great life. Do you believe that? Yes! Your heart's saying, nah, perverseness of lips. It simply means speaking things that are contrary to what you actually believe are those things that are actually true. And I found that this, this verse early this morning. Job 9, 20. Job 9, verse 20. What's this about words, Kenny? If I justify myself, you're okay, Alan. Don't worry about it, son. You're all right. Don't worry about what you did to Kenny. Don't worry, worry what you did to Fred or to Pat. You don't worry about it. You're all right. Watch. If I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. My own words are going to condemn me. You don't think words are powerful? Be careful with them. If I justify myself through my own words, my own words shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, I shall also prove me perverse. I'm crooked. Are you seeing the point here? So what you say has to line up with what you believe. And a lot of us use this perverse language much more than we want to. You got a moment for me to tell you this before we go? A lot of us use, much more, use this much more than we want to believe. And we need to break ourselves from this habit, Floyd. What do you mean? You look at something that somebody shows you at their house. Or somebody says to you, uh, what do you think about this painting? And it's really ridiculous. And you look at it and say, hmm, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Well, whether you realize it or not, you just spoke with perverse lips. 
How's my hair look? Now be careful when your wife asks. You might want to lie on that one. But perverse lips, we do it all the time. If something's distasteful, we, we, you know, oh, it's okay. You like that? Oh, it tastes great. And our heart's saying, I'll never taste this again. And then we see something, you, you'll see people like, especially when you're a teenager, you'll see some other teenagers doing certain things that you want to do, and you'll say to them, I don't really want to do it. Why would you say that? Because you're jealous, and you know that they're doing it, and you can't. So you're using perverse lips, lying that you don't want to do it. Me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I told my wife yesterday, I said, there's a lot of things in my life I did, and I enjoyed every minute of it. At that time. I enjoyed every minute of it. I'm going to lie about it. Why would I lie and say, no, I went through hell. Well, I may have went through a little hell, but there was a little bit of fun in there too. Because you see, it's fun for a season. But what I'm trying to say, perverse lips can get you in trouble. When you say, I'll never do that by God. Who said that? You're right. You're going to do it because you opened your mouth. I told my daddy one time, I said, Daddy, I'm so strong in the word. <laughs> I did. Can you imagine me talking to my daddy? I probably was about... I may have been 27, 28 years old. I said, Daddy, I'm so strong in the word. I'm so settled. I mean, I'm ready to go telling everybody going to hell. I was headed that way. That's what I was. I was an old-time fire. And I said, Daddy, you could put me anywhere. Put me on an island. And put all those things in front of me that other people fall to. And I started naming them. All the things you could fall to and sin and my daddy looked at me and said son better be careful with that one and guess what Collis <laughs> I did it because I shouldn't open my big mouth I should have said the Lord willing y'all need to learn to say that the Lord willing and the old timers you say in the creeks don't rise the Lord willing, I will not allow that to happen in my life. See, I'm a very practical preacher now. I understand what God wants from us. He wants for us love. He wants us to be honorable with him. And I'll promise you, if you love him and are honorable with him, can I say this without offending you? You don't have to ever worry about hell. Get hell out of your mind. Now, I know I'm not popular with a lot of people. Because all they're concerned with is judgment. And I don't know where in the Bible God told me to preach judgment. And he said, I'm going to you preach and set the captives free. Am I right, Courtney? So that's what I do. I'm going to get you set free. I've been, I've been down this road a couple of times in my life. And let me just tell you, the only way to really... Please, God is with and by faith, and you don't do that tormenting people. You know, it sounds simple to be able to guard our words. But you need to get over this crooked and perverse language that we talk, that we all do. Because it's distorted speech. I'm going to stop here because this is a strong point that I'm going to bring out as we go through this. 